0: Hello and welcome to the ski racing podcast with me, Ed Drake. Marcel and uh, Ben decided to join us this week. are back to look over the final set of races um, after I mean not a full set of races, but a final few races from the World Cup finals in Lenzerheide. I th- we'll start rather briefly with the team event. so Norway won, Germany were second, Austria were third. The end, the end. <laughs> um, <so laughs> I feel um, I don't know what when they're cancelling stuff left, right, and centre, and then they run the team event. You're, you're having a laugh, if you ask me. So uh, I think that was a big mistake. The Brits, just quickly, uh, from a British perspective, Owen Vinter and Rob Pot uh, did uh, GB proud, I think, with their performances in that um, head-to-head. They uh, they certainly show that they weren't overawed by the situation, but uh all in all, fizz, they've had a bit of a nightmare there. I mean the weather they can't help, but don't run a team parallel when you're cancelling downhills and super G's when there's globes on the line. I think that is uh Marcel? Bollock. I, I think I'm I'm actually on
1: the fist sides this time. Like Oh, you are? You're who are, okay. do
0: you like Mute. which one? <laughs> <laughs> which
1: which which race do you want to replace, right? Like it's it's always getting political and having the rule saying you can't reschedule the first race and you can't reschedule any of the last races. I think it's fair for everyone. If you have to cancel it, it's still an outdoor sport. Like, yeah, but what what, you,
0: but what, what's, why, why not? Why not run a
1: super G that could actually. Yeah. But like, why, overall? but what, what do you think? Like you run a super G and like, who is, I mean, downhill was fights and, and um, Meyer, right? They were in downhill. Yeah. why do you, why do you not run a downhill because in, in super g was creefmer and odermatt like who
0: who is the one to decide which race is going to be is going to be okay, run okay so if not... they would cancelled only one of those if if, if let's say they'd cancelled just the downhill and run the super g it's not they, fair they still wouldn't have run the downhill on the on the parallel day but they should have done something especially when you've got like odermatt challenging for the overall you've got Goot challenging for the overall and these guys that have you know there's already loads of less races on the speed side and I know that it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek gag between us, but it's I think there's just not I think it's not on. I don't think it's on. Yeah, but what what if what if
1: like the downhill would go along one year and the super chief would go along one year and then you have the team event and then you have to cancel the GS. Like what's what's happening then? Is that fair? I don't think it would be because you don't have time to reschedule it or the slalom. No. It's it can go in either way. Like it I more likely, the downhill or the super she will be cancelled. Agreeable, yeah. But it can go either way. And what what you're gonna say as a technique, as like a GS gear, if you are five points ahead away from winning the the globe, and your race
0: gets cancelled, it's the same thing. Yeah, but I still it's say I still say the parallel is a standalone. You know, it's a standalone thing. It's like the team parallel, especially. It's not even a, like a regular parallel. It's a team parallel. The thing, you know, that's it's almost like a. Uh, somebody wrote it on social media saying that it's like the sort of fun race that you do between Christmas and new year, something to keep people entertained. But it's, you know, we had races that could have affected people's whole seasons canceled so that we could run an event that doesn't really matter. Yeah. I I, I personally, I don't don't care about the team event. I think it's rubbish
1: anyway, but I'm, I'm just saying it's, I don't think it will be fair to prioritize either or I think it just wouldn't be fair. Like this, because you don't you don't have that reserve day for the gs and the slalom right and i know there are more races but that's a a different story but yeah if you if you start like prioritizing one event over the other at the final for that one day like where are you going to end up it's going to be so political everyone is having a different opinion like obviously this time the swiss would have loved to run five more races and and the french maybe like cancel another one or two or you know it always ends up very political and i think those rules, they were like there for I don't know, ten years, maybe seven years, whatever, and they've always been very clear. If it's cancelled due to weather, it's not, it's just going to be cancelled. Finish.
0: I think yeah. that's. I mean, I get it's the rules, and I understand the rules. Are the rules, and I'm and I'm I'm a fan of rules, especially if I can make them up myself. But, um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of rules, but I don't know. Personally, I think that I I think we were robbed of what should have been a mega. End of the thing, and we end of the year, and I feel like we were robbed. And, and the spectacle should have been really good, and it was just a bit. I mean, it wasn't drab because you know it was still exciting at the end. But I think it was supposed to be way better. Uh, ben, give us a give us a way in. or you um, got. I've been, I've been, been sitting friends. strategically <laughs> quietly while she began. So when, when I was listening to your guys' chat
2: last week uh, before the World Cup finals, I was trying to work out if they run all of the races how do you then convince the stars to take part in the team event? Um, so I was like, say you get the best weather possible and everyone can race. I was more concerned with how do you convince like the likes of Panthero and Odema to then race in their team event to make it mean something? And I, was, I was going down the lines of, well, you could dish out the individuals in the team event World Cup points towards their overall if they compete and then they might want to take part in it but then none of that mattered because there was a load of races cancelled and all hell broke loose um, but the, I mean I can see both sides, it's a bit it's a bit rubbish It's everyone was already annoyed that the speed events got cancelled um, and then having the team events you, you know, you're almost like well we may as well just have another rest day or a training day because at that point everyone was already in a bad mood um, about the Kind of situation with the overall but like Marcel said, they've put the rules in so that it doesn't get political when the season's at stake but I think the more races that are getting cancelled through bad weather the more fists need to look at having more spare days in formats like this, whether it's the World Champs World Cup Finals, what does it matter if you spread it over two weeks? Yes, I know you've got to put people in accommodation for longer and those kind of things but if you want to get the races off you can't just say we're just going to cross our fingers and hope that the weather's going to be fine on two days so we can get s- speed events and training runs and-, and things like that off it's it's getting to the point where the weather's that unpredictable that you know the conditions weren't particularly great for the slalom and gs's that we did get no so, i, I- i feel for fizz because they've done incredible to get yeah. as many races off as they possibly could this year and it still feels like we moan about them every week um so yeah I, I don't really know where they go from here other than just finding days for these like spare days for these either training runs or cancellations or something
0: yeah i i, I totally agree with you ben i think fizz have done mega to get pretty much all the races off i think we've we've only missed a couple and they were those were down to weather as opposed to Corona. you know, Vengen got moved out of Vengen, but we lost the Vengen race in the end. But that was down to weather because it got the rest of it got would have got re- replaced. So I think they did really well, hats off in terms of getting the season done because Plenty of sports have uh, have been really affected by it and we've been relatively lucky. Um really so shall we move on to some racing? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Let's start with the men's GS because um, me as an impartial uh, Pantero fan, I was nervous for the guy, let let alone Marcel with your obvious connection with your dad to to Alexi. And then to know what the rest of the French team, including your dad, including Alexi standing in the start gate on that second round looking like he was, uh, I don't know, on the edge. Uh, I think it was mega. He won, uh, and he won in some style as well, like re- exactly sort of pantero esque on that second run, played it to perfection, timed his, his sort of risk uh, to, to a tee and managed to win by 0.2 of a second in front of uh, Zubchic and Fev, who was uh, just a 100th behind Zubchich in third. Odomat, he looked like the guy who was all under pressure after the hunted, the hunter became the hunted and finished down in 11th. Marcel, why don't you kick us off? What do you make of it? How's how I mean, it all I, going I, in team I,
1: I almost had a heart attack well, the whole bloody season. So I might be a bit biased on that, but I just want to say he deserved it. And I think there are quite a few people out there who think he he might look not as exciting as some other races do, or he might maybe not like always be that talent, right, who can't get it. But... I think this race in particular has shown that he's a, a proper champion. Oh yeah. Because that was an enormous amount of pressure. And he literally he skied it down just the way he does it. He he might not be as exciting as Hirscher, but from looking at him on a technical perspective, I think he can be a very good role model for all the young kids out there skiing. And yeah. not just not just from a skiing perspective, but also from a character perspective, because you don't hear anything bad about, like you don't hear anything bad from him, and he was he took it like a champ last year when he got cancelled, and it was just the other way around, and he could have won that potentially, and and this year he's he's like, look, I was lucky last year, I wasn't lucky, and it's it's I think it's well deserved. Automat had what well, would have deserved it as well, but I think this year it had a right winner. They both would have been, but he was he deserved it. That's just, and I mean, uh, to the GS, I mean, the the second run, who the f came up with that course setting? That was just.
2: (laughs) I was going to say that. I was going to say, can we talk about the courses, please? That was such a joke. So, Patro absolutely shredded the field on the first run with like 101. And then the second run, he got like 114.56. And you know, 14 seconds slower on the same hill. Um, I think we saw that. Did we see that the other week as well? I mean, honestly,
1: like, Christofferson coming out of nowhere, telling the people, "Oh, this is a real GS, like absolute bollocks." That was just the worst course setting I've seen all year long. Hands up, like that was just. Shit. It w- it was it wasn't great, was it? I mean, it it was so soft. Like you could just see how it got worse and worse and progressively worse with every racer, and like setting a course where they literally have to, basically snowplow around the around the gates to actually make it especially in that like last flat bit where it almost goes a bit like up the hill just ridiculous I don't think that's cool I it don't was know what, it
0: was a Norwegian that set wasn't it I think that's, yeah I don't
1: know right. which kind of point they try and prove but it's just
0: bollocks I wonder if it was one of those points where you know we go back to some of the stuff that came out in Adelboden where uh, Norwegians were complaining it was slightly too straight and too quick and then somebody's gone we'll make a point of this and you know put some yeah, real you, turns in yeah but you what, can make you can make a point by putting
1: real turns in where you can where you can make like where, where it works with the hill around like right yeah. but this is just it's just stupid
2: i think we've established this year we need to have some course setting seminars we'll be the consultants for that we'll be the consultants yeah, be for the consult- Jules Harlem, consultants for rules consultants for course setting we'll be yeah and i think we late. should let
0: we should let kostelich be the leader of the course Yeah, setting. he's the head, head of course setting i think he would have probably (laughs) appreciated
2: that second run Um, he probably did i think it's it's frustrating because you want the courses to be a challenge these are the best skiers in the world they need you you don't want races handed to them on a plate you don't want it to just be who's got the most power who can use gravity the best because they're the biggest and those kind of things you do want it to be a challenge but you also need to like use the mountain it still needs to flow and I feel like that balance has been lost, and again, I appreciate that the conditions were horrible. So it might have been that the, obviously we couldn't see the track where they were trying to put the gates. It might have might have been that the Norwegian guy wanted to put the gate somewhere else, but they were just crumbling every time they put the drill in the snow uh, because uh, I, it's been a long time since I've seen a World Cup race with conditions uh, like that. It was just so crumbly. Like cold and crumbly is something I've probably not seen for quite a while. Slushy, fair enough, like you generally see it in spring, but that didn't look fun to ski on. Um and you could see why the likes of both Pantero and the Odomat didn't look entirely comfortable at times on it. And um, like you guys said, it was definitely a show from Pantero just how to deal with that pressure when it really matters.
0: Uh, and I I really enjoyed his um his interview afterwards. And I think you're right, Marcel, like as a role model, he is who you want. He spoke very well. Not that you need to do it in English, but just, I mean, in general, he spoke very well. He was very clear. He was magnanimous. He was um, very cool, very complimentary about everything. And, and just, I don't know, just, it, he was, he was just a good bloke about it. And I, I, I'm happy he won because I think you're right, Marcel, that he, he did deserve it. And, and, it's, again that is a cliche that is a bit of a sporting cliche somebody deserves it uh, he's he's accrued the most points so he he does deserve it but um i don't know i think i think more people would have fed, felt bad about pantero not taking it than the, the other way around sort of thing so i think that's sort of quite a good barometer of 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 it really
2: and sport's not fair so you know it's all well and good we can say you know Odemat's young; he's got plenty of time. That was Pantro's thirtieth oh, birthday. Yeah, it's, it's easy enough to say that, but you know, Marcel was right. Had Odamat won, you you wouldn't say he didn't deserve it because he skied absolutely brilliantly this year. So that that's fine. But it's it's one of those things that like sport isn't fair. So you know, Pantro well, did what he had to do. Sport. Yeah, he he did what he had to do, and I said in those conditions he looked really composed, even with the nerves on the second run. Whereas we saw from, from Odomat, he, he didn't quite hold it together the way he had like, the, the three weeks prior to that.
0: Anything to add, Marcel, before we move move away?
1: No, I think I think I, I actually had a look today at the standings and stuff, and I feel Pintaro had 700 points, Odomat had 649, I think, and Zubchic made over 600 points as well. The GS club. Those guys, like they have had a real, real, real good season. All of them have been on the podium like, at least five times. So, that is it's very highly competitive at the moment. And then, if you look at which I think is probably going to be winning the overall at some stage, it's Loic Miard. I mean, he seems to, for me, it seems to be like having done or make the biggest step this year.
0: Well, I think, I think um, most people totally agree with you. The depth of talent is insane, which is why potentially we haven't done as well in the Powderhound Podcast Predictions League. <laughs> um and that's just because you're rubbish <laughs> i've been trying to, I, I, we were talking on air be, uh, before we came on air about um our performances uh, and we tried to reason try to find a reason that we did so rubbish and i think and marcel you only finished like six points in front of me so you're almost as equally as rubbish as me so, yeah but that's, that's the thing. Like it, that, no one
1: asks about that at the end. Like I won our internal podcast league. <laughs> does that mean Marcel gets the the,
2: the Bailey's crystal tumbler? He does. And Marcel will,
0: I will hand deliver when we're when we're allowed the Bailey's Powder Hound Predictions League winner. And that is um, that, that trophy is you look after it because I'm gonna get that back next year. Is it like I was going to say
2: we're not getting a new one next year. You're going to keep one of those cheap, trophies. You sold Steve. Come on, it's one of those trophies you've got to sign for and bring back yeah. the next year.
0: I, know, I need to call Tell up your mum and dad. Yeah, how know, many of those trophies
2: you're... did you get over the years? After you, your mum and dad had to put a phone number down, bring it back the next season.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Marcel, I know your mum listens, so I'm going to I'm going to drop her an email and get her to sign for it to make sure that you're going to bring it back. <laughs> um But. To the, to the real Predictions League, Jamie Aldridge has smashed it. So Jamie Aldridge is the Powderhound Podcast Predictions League winner for 2021. I think we are now, aren't we? Uh, and he Rick. finished with 144 points. Dave Riding uh, couldn't quite get close enough with 135. And then Mark Poole was uh, third with 129. So... Um, yeah, nice and close. We'll publish those on the website uh, probably tomorrow now because on Tuesday. Um, and so yeah, good old league. Yeah, Ed, Ed needs another day to temper it with the results. So that... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come out tomorrow and the one. <laughs> It turns out my maths was wrong and I won. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was great fun and uh, it was it was pretty cool. I think we had like nearly 150 people that played the league and likewise with the. Um, with the World Champs League. So I'm sure we'll do an Olympic League next year as well. Mini Olympic League. Yeah. Shotgun yeah. all
2: of the Austrians.
0: <laughs> I'm just... Uh, I'm they, telling come you to now,
2: Marcel, they come to play when it's Olympics. I shotgun
0: I'm Pintero for the Super Command. in no, GS. no. I'm telling you now, Marcel, <laughs> your, your Pintero GS calls, I'm getting it in front of you for some of those Pintero GS calls. No, next year, you are going to change the rules. Otherwise, we're never going to win. I want to win. Because you can't if change you, the rules. I'll, I'll make
1: the rules. Yeah, but maybe it's like... Uh, it's going to be a two-to-one decision, Ben and I. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you
2: quite understand how this power dynamic works. But it does whatever he wants, no matter what we say.
0: It's, it's like a dictatorship right there. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, exactly. Like that. We'll, we'll bring that to the board and see what the board say about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, no, th- that's great. And thanks to Hound, we're getting some prizes together. We're getting uh, Croft watches to donate some prizes as well, so uh we will be getting that together and um yeah getting those out to you guys
2: out of interest ed how many places down would we have to give out prizes for me to get
0: something
1: uh, 50 60
0: i haven't actually top 100 did. i've counted yet <laughs> top top 50 you'd probably get a prize No, i think uh, i you're going to be down around thirty, so you might have sort of got yourself a second run. You need. I start. Need- I start first on the uh, on the second run next season as well. Yeah, so you needed this uh, second run charge. Made the flip and going for it. Going <gasps> big in the
2: second season.
0: But to be actually just quickly before we move off the predictions, league, we had a new entry this week um, from a chap called John Roger, and he got twenty three out of twenty five points. What? So he nearly overtook me in one week. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> well, he clearly is not listening to the podcast. He just wants to do predictions league. Because yeah, it, so um, may, maybe... He listens to it and then just crosses off everything we said. <laughs> so I think, yeah, he's... Uh, so we may all have been quite lucky that he only played in the last week. Otherwise, um, we might have been a different story. But anyway, let's get back to the racing. Uh, we'll go on to the other race that was on the Saturday. Let's kick off with the women's slalom, on that side of things liensberger has just found another level and that was domination 1.24 in front of schifrin gissin in third just off two seconds back Blahova did enough to take the globe overall globe with sixth uh, and liensberger what went into it with a three horse race looking for the slalom title walks away with the slalom globe as well um she's uh, she found some form hasn't she really kicked on she she has. I, I do feel that those last couple of
2: races, obviously you guys talked about it last week with with Charlie, but I think Petra really stumbled over the line uh, in in the overall those last couple of slaloms when it all looked so good winning the first slalom in RA and then it all went wrong the next two after that. She just can't seem to get her feet underneath her at the moment. Like two races in a row to have that really peculiar almost flipping herself out of the course. She did obviously corrected it enough to stay in the course this time but the form she was showing prior to that, I thought she was going to storm this weekend, but like you said, Leansberger has been incredible The uh, back, I mean all season she missed that one podium One podium in
0: Slalom? One podium she was not on it.
2: And and, and was she, I think she was fourth in that race as well, yeah. so I mean that's the kind of consistency that you want and you know, there are years gone by maybe not Schiffering years, but there are years gone by where if you podiumed in every race bar one you would have the globe sorted, let alone needing to win the last race to take it. So it shows just how much of a fight it's been this season for, for all of those in that in that women's slalom globe. And yeah, that to top off the season with a second win over Schifrin, a win by a second over Schifrin
1: is, is pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, that was huge. I, I think talking about pressure, like she does not seem to feel any pressure at all. And I think her taking the Slalom dog is, I mean, maybe not as as far to say as it would be the same as Pintero, but it's almost the same. And why I'm saying that is because, and as someone said that on I think on the German Austrian newspaper, some coach or I think the head coach, he was like getting to that stage where you can beat Lahova and Schifrin, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of self confidence because. You know, beating them is like it's it's usually given that you're gonna lose to them anyway. You can get third, fair fair enough, maybe second, but beating them in two races in a row, getting to that stage, like that takes a huge amount of of effort. And and she has done that. Like she is now there, and she's well, clearly in the last two races a lot better than them. (laughs) Funny enough, maybe Christofferson should consider taking her taking the head coach back because now he he coaches Uh Lienzberger.
0: That is interesting. He we'll get onto him later, but he, he certainly needs to sort himself out, doesn't he? Uh, but I think the point that you made there, Marcel, was really interesting. That the fact that you know going into the season, I mean, we talked about it last year doing the predictions, league, didn't we? Right, who's going to get the last place on the podium? So Schifrin's going to Schifrin or is going to win, and therefore the other one's going to come second. Who is going to be the person that picks up the final step? And Wendy, yeah, you know, normally Wendy. <laughs> Well, if she doesn't have Corona, she would have won because she was my pick, but hey, that's a different story. You've you've got that as an excuse. yeah. You know, Wendy picks up her 1700th podium again. So she's like... And now Liensberger has become... You know, to overcome that mental, I can't, you know, uh, can I beat the unbeatables? And also to do it...
2: Because she's done it in the World Champs as well, so not only just on... A day in the World Cup, she's done it on a on a marquee event as well, and that will give her such confidence going into the Olympics next year, knowing that you can beat them not necessarily week in week out, but on the tour and in a big championships when it yeah. really matters. If that's going to be, uh, a, I mean, I'm already looking forward to the Olympics slalom uh, to see those three going at it, uh, you know, plus you know the likes of, of 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 Wendy and Michelle gives in like there's there's now a Enough of a group that it's a challenge. Yes, Schifrin and Flahova will probably still be favourites most weeks, but the fact that there is a real challenge there is is brilliant because it means that people are like, like you said, it did seem like for a few years that everyone was just looking there, going, "Well, we can't beat them." And I think both Gisin winning races and Linsberg are dominating races has showed this year that you know anyone can, and you know obviously with incredible amounts of Effort and, and, and training and incredible work, but you know it's, it's shaping up to be a, a cracking one
1: next year. See, it's quite an interesting one because from like from what we've seen the last couple of years, I would always say one girl has like a stormer in a year, like getting lots of podiums and like having a really good season, and the next year she might be dropping off. And like obviously the usual one's gonna be on the on the podium again, but I think I genuinely think with Linsberger she will be overcoming that hurdle as well because she is so focused like she's such a good skier and like her head is so strong so i think she has a really good chance of establishing her in that top seat maybe like one two three whatever But over a longer period of time where other girls probably struggle doing that like i mean I, I can't really think of anyone else who who was on there for such a long time maybe frida hans daughter but she never really got first either, she but.
0: still dipped in and out didn't she like yeah. bri last year dominating so many races winning loads of races and then coming into this season off the back of a mega season and well shes i think she's only won one hasn't she this year but yeah and so it would be but liensburg has you know it's it's been the the victories that she's picked up i mean we're only talking three including world champs but the two world cups have been monster margins they've been huge it's not been you know, skin of her teeth, other racers have been making mistakes. She's just, she's annihilated the field. And she skis so loose and so relaxed and so free. Yeah, she doesn't look very quick either. No. <laughs> she just, and she makes she these flow, of She floats down. I feel like she floats down. And then I'm like, oh, that's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. She just seems to carry loads of speed, doesn't she? She makes loads of small, like little errors, but she seems to fix them really quick, which is something that, I mean, not saying that she's in the same bracket as Hirscher, but Hirscher used to make small mistakes and fix them really quickly where she seems to like, she makes little errors and just kind of, they never turn into big errors. Yeah, but she looks a lot less effortless than Hirscher did, to be honest. I do miss watching Hirscher ski, though. I know. Do you think is a bit like him? Just came to me, in terms of that aggressive power. No? You're both shaking heads. I don't
1: know. I think, I mean, I love Zubchitski. I think he's like, and you know what, the second round was just for him again. Like, he loved that kind of thing. Like, a bit soft, a bit turny, a bit like Edgy, like I think that's just Subje's thing. Like I
0: think that's his thing. Before we move away from ladies slalom, it didn't happen at World Cup finals, but Charlie Guest picked up a win at Europa Cup finals, off the back of what's turned out to be a hugely successful season for the for the British slalom team. Well, for Charlie, is it as there's only one on the British slalom uh, World Cup team? But yeah, Charlie Guest picking up twenty third, twenty third, sixteenth at World Cup, and then winning Europa Cup finals was. It is a brilliant result and really exciting moving forward. And that's just the confidence, you know, a couple of good results, you you back up your PB with a joint PB and then to keep kicking on from there is really impressive and it'll make it so much easier through the summer and, and feel like you earn your spot. I think we talked about it before, Marcel, you know, when you, when you've done it in a big event and feel like you earn your space and you're not just there to make up, you know, to hope yeah. for a second run, you're there to actually score some points establish yourself
1: yeah i mean that's that's the result from her and like looking back in aura right she got 16th i think
0: yeah 16th yeah and
1: that's like a statement piece like you're not just right in there you are in the middle of the field which is which is pretty damn good like i mean it's not they're not there are 15 people maybe ahead of you but you can potentially get into top 10 or whatever and that's like that's a big step forward like if you just make the cut or just not make the cut it doesn't give you the satisfaction but it does if you like Breaking into their property, and she did, which is which is absolutely amazing for her.
0: Shall we move on to the ladies' GS? Uh, I think we have to start with Lara Goot, Barami. What 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 do you guys think? What are your states? She's come out and said, uh, "I've lost the quote here." Have any of you got it in front of you? No. You're gonna yeah. have to dig it out now. <laughs> I'm digging. I'm digging. I found it. It's, she's she's said, and I quote: "Usually, the final click gives you the adrenaline of the race, but instead of the click, I had an alarm bell that told me I was in danger of hurting myself." So that's what she's come out and said. Head said something different on their social media, which was before this. They said that uh, they it was maybe a protest about missing speed races. Which is sort of the rumour that's done the rounds that it was a protest more than a than a safety thing. For me, if it was a safety thing, I don't even know why you bother pushing out the gate. What's the point of doing three turns and stopping if you think it's unsafe? Um, but yeah, take it away. What do you guys think? I'm
2: gonna let Marcel go first. He's raced on the World Cup.
1: <laughs> See, like I for me it's it's hard to say for me because I'm not in her shoes, right? So I don't I don't know what exactly the problem was and we probably never find out, but there are two scenarios first scenario is she protested which I find appealing like that's a joke honestly that is a bloody joke if the second scenario she really she just couldn't mentally hack it fair enough like then maybe don't start out there but I think if and that's it also shows some sort of character depending on what actually happened if it's if it's just getting out there to protest against anything that you can't really change it's just it's not a good role model and that's what I said at the beginning Pintro is a very good role model and that's just something I think really strongly about because there are 500,000 people maybe more god knows how many watching and there are lots of kids there like what are they thinking if someone starts out of the gate and just stops or if someone complains about the course or if someone complains about this and that and you know, I, I, find it, I find it just really poor. And I, I think very stro- strongly about it, but I want to state very clearly that I don't know what happened. <laughs> so I can't say. I'm just saying, like, those are the two scenarios. If it's that one, I think very strongly about it. If it's the other one, well, I mean, just don't start, but different story
2: it's it's yeah i I basically i'm I'm gonna agree with marcel like we don't know so it's it can't get kind of too far off the rails in terms of being mad at her for doing it it if it was a protest because we don't actually know but i mean the way she skied this year my my approach to racing was generally if i didn't think it was safe enough to ski don't ski um but if you do think it's safe enough to ski, go out there and, and you know, try and win. Um, that's, that's what you're there for. And it's not like she hasn't won races this year. She's been incredible. If you, you know, you think if anyone could back their skiing on difficult conditions, she'd be the person to do it because she is one of the more, you know, a, a, aggressive and attacking skiers. And a lot of the time in conditions like those, it's when you're uncertain and you're kind of tentative and back off a little bit is when you end up, in the nets or hurting yourself whereas if you're skiing with conviction that's you know even if you fall over it it, you know certainly when when I fell over which was a reasonable amount uh if I was if I was confident in the decisions I was making I I, you kind of feel it coming and you know that was going to happen as opposed to when you're being tentative when you skis you're not quite sure if the edge is going to pick up or not and then you kind of get your balance wrong and just wobble around and it's, it's just not the same so I don't know I didn't like it I watched it and I just said what on earth has just happened i don't
0: i, I feel like it's bold if it's a, if it's the sort of protest i feel it's bold considering fizz have just paid you half half a million swiss francs for a years for a year's work in, in prize money or whatever it was that she won so i think that's a bit bold um i'm i understand that she would have been disappointed that she missed the, the speed races and maybe that had an effect and she was trying to get ahead head around it in the start and tried to push out the gate and tried to do the right thing, but then got to the third gate when you broke over onto that steep and went, this is pretty steep and I'm not feeling it and pulled up. But I feel like, I don't know if I was, if I, if I was a manufacturer, if I was a ski brand, I'd be a bit annoyed. I'd be a bit annoyed at sponsoring All, of, all of
2: the sponsors, not just the skis, you know. There's, yeah, sorry, there's, yeah. there's company names are plastered on your
0: helmet and stuff and
2: you're kind of synonymous with them. But What's also really strange is, you know, these, these people have microphones put in front of them every day of the week. You know, there's plenty of times to protest, yes, and, and, protest. And, and really put across your concerns. And even if it was to do with the conditions, again, all week long, there had been concern with the conditions. And I guess I feel like there's there's far better ways to get whatever point you're getting across if you actually say what your point is. Um, yeah. And I don't know, that statement didn't feel
0: entirely... Well, just created it created like more questions than it did. You know, yeah. nobody knows what was going on, and obviously, then therefore you leave it open to speculation that it was a protest because that's been what's going around social media. Uh, she comes out with a statement that says that she thought, you know, she didn't feel it because she thought it was dangerous. Um, but then, don't push out the start. For me, I, I don't buy. I don't buy that. Meh, I don't buy it. And it could be the case, but I'm just saying, I don't. I don't believe. I feel like if you think it's unsafe, you don't push out the start gate.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think we kind of need to remember what Marcel said as well about the fact that there are a lot of kids that look up to all of these world cup athletes as like, they're their superheroes, you know, like we were with the people we idolized when we were kids growing up. Yeah. You really need to be careful with what you put on, you know, the internet or telly, because that, that means something to people. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you had like a little you know, kid that was into racing, was like, you know, what? Why did she do that? And you don't. One, you don't know the answer, and and two, you know, you almost feel like you're trying to make excuses for their hero. And I think, you know, there's nothing to replace just being honest with whatever your issue is, if it's safety or anything else. Be a lot more clear about it and just and just get it out there. But I don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about
1: the skiing. <laughs> you, you you done Marcel? I mean, look, I I set my bit. I think. And, and i, I reviewed myself but i think being a ro- a good role model can be a lot more rewarding and, and better than winning like you know like not everyone wins but as long as you're a good sports person and i'm not saying she's a bad one not at all but that's just really something i'm 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 thinking quite strongly about and, and i think well i can't like this i don't know what she did i don't know why she did it and we will never find out anyway but i just think it's it was a bit well,
0: well somebody who did have a great day Alice Robinson had a great day good for her absolutely smashed that second run fourth to first uh then Schifrin ended up second two eight back with Meta Hrovat picking up the final space on the podium who also skied really well I have to say I thought she was she skied blinding um but yeah I thought that I actually thought the race looked pretty decent I, I quite enjoyed watching that women's GS and then I certainly enjoyed watching Robinson's second run
2: yeah, and Trova when she finished her second run, just the look of shock on her face as it dawned on her that she was going to get on the podium was, was yeah. brilliant. I, li- I like those kind of features that, that you get towards the end of the season or just whenever someone is genuinely... Loving it. Yeah, so happy. And we talked about it quite a lot last year. was basically every time only crossed the finish line, she had a giant smile on her face. I guess yeah. that's what happened when you win all the races, but um <laughs> but it was just genuine, like pure joy. And and Crovat seemed seemed to have that. if you feel like Basino just because she'd already won had took
0: her foot off or just didn't have that? Killer, Drive. She a killer instinct, didn't she, at the beginning of the season sort of seemed seemed to waver. I don't know if that's she
2: had, she had yeah. a few sections where it looked like she was absolutely lighting it up, but it just didn't feel the same as as yeah, that early season form when she was just dominating.
1: I, I really enjoyed the race. I thought it was it was really good. And actually funny enough, I, I was reading a stat about Alice Robinson. She's I think the first one under 20 year old to win three races yeah i think i saw that post yeah for like 20 years or something i don't know but that's I mean, I thought Schifrin did, but I, I'm not quite is sure. That in, what that's is that
2: in GS? Maybe. It must
1: have been, because Schifrin definitely won more than three races until she was 20. I
2: mean, I tell you, what, I'm getting a little bit annoyed with this, Marcel. I missed last week on the podcast, you take over weather duties and pick in Tessa, and then you start throwing stats
0: out. This is not acceptable. I know, I'm really <laughs> You're sorry. It's going to turn into really a two-man sorry. podcast soon, isn't it? <laughs> You're just working, just working on how to ease you out of it. No, it's. I it's start.
2: Crazy. I start. Better start making up rules for predictions. And kicking <laughs>
1: it out so it's actually. I work for this analytics company, so for next year, I'm gonna set up a whole thing of like analytical stats for us that we can post. What do you think yes. about that?
0: Yeah, I like it. I'm in.
2: Can I just read those stats then? You said. The <laughs> I'll, I'll just read them out.
1: Yeah, you can. I'm really sorry. I don't wanna. I don't wanna take it away from you. But I felt last week. I felt it was important to be the weatherman because the weather was clearly important for last for this week. I know Ben
0: that was your your moment to shine and you were too busy. I would have been furious reading that the reports going well <laughs> World Cup Finals is ruined.
2: <laughs> um, Unfortunately Marcel with me not being there you, you picked Tessa and she let us both down. I know. Uh, God. She was, I, th- I think it was always going to be one of those days where based on the, the courses needed a little bit of I guess m- mixed tactics they were places to go all out and there were places where you did need a bit a bit of finesse and and Tessa's just always on the edge and you could kind of see the mistakes come in just before yeah. the flat and you're like, just don't not don't do that, Tessa. Don't do don't.
1: that, Tessa. <laughs> see, this is actually quite funny. And I, I thought about it yesterday when I watched the uh, the race, I thought it's interesting to see how Alice Robinson was struggling quite a lot with like inside skis and stuff. And once she had a bit more self-confidence, literally it's maybe a couple centimeters less on the inside ski and she just smashes it. And this this is crazy how ski racing can turn around with the momentum any second and you can like literally smash it. I mean, same with, with the overall and men's overall. I mean, it could have gone right the other way without the cancellations, but momentum shifts and you're right there. And I, I think, I hope that Alyssa Robinson can take that into the next season because she is just an incredible
0: skier. Yeah. She's so good. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's been a, a weird season because, you know, obviously going into this winter, you expected her to sort of kick on after that monster run she did in, or monster two run she did in Cranston Gora at the end of last season. And then you ex- sort of expected her to kick on from that at the beginning of this year. And then she starts dropping out of the top group back into the eight to 15 group. And then you're like, it's, she's not even somebody then, you know, in the predictions league, her name barely came up. And not saying that that's the be-all and end-all, but you know, in terms of like people's perceptions of who's skiing well, it's quite a good gauge. But and and she wasn't really getting any picks because everybody thought her form was going away. And then obviously, like she's she had and she found it again. I don't know. It'd be really interesting, and hopefully, we, we can get some chat with her or her coaches to find out what the sort of switch has been in terms of why the bulk of the season didn't go that great and how what changed or whatever, or how how it mixed up to to, to p- pull these performances out but it was impressive nonetheless on to the last race final race men's slalom i think we probably should start with the legend that is jb grange finishing his career ben our resident uh french flag waver
1: oh that
2: yeah that made me sad uh I yeah, it's a tough one. I don't like all these people retiring. It, it kind of kills the mood a little bit, doesn't it? He, I mean, yeah. he's been a, a brilliant racer for a number of years. and he had one of those styles that is just really great to watch. I mean, it doesn't—it's not as like kind of beautiful as as like skiing, but it's so smooth. And yeah. he, he's not a massive guy. I mean, he's not small, but he's not hugely powerful so his technique is always around kind of just minimizing those mistakes and and generating the speed where he can and just he he always had a technique that just looked effortless a bit like we're talking about with Linsberger sometimes he looks like he floated down um and yeah he was around in a time obviously similar kind of time to to dominating the the sport so the fact that he won two world champs is pretty impressive and a and a slalom globe
0: have you got um, any stats there, Ben? Because I'm, I'm trying to, I've tried to find them. Okay. I can get
2: them. He had, I think he's had something like nine. They said it was only like nine World Cup wins, which I thought was crazy when you think he won a Globe uh, and and two World Championships. But yeah, um, here's what does it say? Not gonna take him away from you this time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let him get a stat out. It's had,
2: yeah, it's 197 starts on a World Cup, 18 podiums, nine victories, and two. World Champs, golds, and a, slalom, and, a, and a slalom globe. So I mean when Thank you think you of the the era that he's raced in that that's been pretty awesome. but yeah, it's sad to see these guys go, but then you know we get week in week out to talk about the new guys coming through and how exciting they are. Um, so it's good I thought it was really good to send off like all the tours showed just how much like respect they had for him and a bit like we talked about with a, a lot of the other retirements of, of recent years, how it's going to impact the team losing both Lizaru uh, and Grange this year, will be interesting to see how those French guys uh, kind of take on the leadership roles in the team. Because, you know, I've said on TV a bunch of times that Noel's really said that Grange has been a, a, an absolute mentor for him in the last few years. So it'll be interesting to see
1: how those guys move forwards. You know, this is a, this is the thing. He was just a good guy as well, wasn't he? Like, never heard any bad word out of his mouth. Like, just did his thing. And actually, he I... I connect a lot of memories from skiing with him because you know you go through phases where someone's so dominant yeah that you can that everyone watches their videos it was like i started off with georgia rocca for me in slalom when he won five times in a row like everyone wanted to ski like georgia rocca and then he went on to job at his when he was like so dominant like every coach was like you need to ski like like him like literally like him that's what you need to do and it's, it's just, it's sad to see. I mean, he could never really do that with Hirscher because no one could ski like him. But I feel like he was always a, a very good role model. Like unbelievable skier, great guy. And he brought a lot of joy to a lot of races
2: on that watching people and trying to copy them. Do you remember the Bodie years? That
1: was quite funny going
2: out to training <laughs> during the Bodhi years when people just started sitting back and just dragging their arms <laughs> on the floor. You're like, he's, he's
0: different. You can't do what he does. <laughs> yeah, he did have a different physique, I have to say. The, the French the French team gave him a good send-off. Pantaro with you can see what he can do with the uh, relief of taking the globe and stuff, and he just skied, relaxed and was mega quick. Eleven hundredths off in third, going from ninth to third. Uh, Clement Noel only eight hundredths back in second, and Manu Fella went from sixth to first on that second run uh, to pick up his second World Cup win. I think it was pretty decent. Do we need to say who picked Manu?
1: Oh, no, Charlie picked? Raposo
0: picked him, didn't he? Did Gonna... I pick Noel? You you picked Clement Noel, yeah. I mean, you said yeah. I tried uh-huh. to
2: convince you to do the Pantero triple. No, but I. Thought, he didn't actually, go for
1: it. You know what? It was actually his. I think it was his best slalom the second round. I think that was that was pretty solid, like yeah. more than
0: solid, obviously. And Manu Feller, hey, the Austrians—they've had a bloody good season this year. I know. Like, how did that happen? Like, where did where did that come from? Like, I don't know what. At the beginning of the season, if you'd said the Austrians would win the slalom globe for the men's, the slalom the slalom globe for the women's, I think you would have told them super to G, uh,
1: super G men's as well. Yeah. A couple of podiums in the GS, like they've had the flyer.
0: Yeah, I think I think I, you I just wouldn't have, wouldn't have said, said they
2: wouldn't have been out of contention for. Or they would have been out of contention for the men's slalom. I, I would have. I mean, I think Schwartz was probably one of my favorites for, for the season. Was
0: it?
2: Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I don't get any like how uh hound picks points for for calling that. Um. <laughs> but no, they. It was more <laughs> GS where we said they had the real problem, and I think we saw. Towards the end of the season, like Steiner coming back to some some pretty good form, um, and and Schwartz and Feller showing they can ski GS if they need to. Um, but yeah, that slalom was look that looked fun. Um, Feller looked like he was back to his kind of old ways of just enjoying himself a bit more.
0: Yeah, he did look like he was. that they, they were on form, weren't they? Although Schwartz looked like he could have ended up. Doing pretty decent as well before he fell over. He was he was getting pretty quick as well, wasn't
1: he? <laughs> yeah, he had to go. a blind in the first run. Um, I mean, he's definitely one to watch for next year for overall as well, depending on what, obviously,
0: if he can. It's going to be a few more. I think a few more going for the overall, aren't there? This this next year. I mean, I would say Odermatt, Kilde,
1: Schwartz, Ernie, ah, uh, not Ernie, um, Mayer. Mayer, and Oldemans. then obviously Pintero. I was going to say maybe Pinchot. No, he of course.
0: (laughs) I'm saying like there are four or five people who can can win there. Because interestingly, pretty much all of those are tech skiers, which means that's actually not true. What do you mean? Like Kilda is not a tech skier and yeah, okay. is not what about a tech about the other gear? ones you named. Yeah, but you need to, but to win the overall, you have to ski GS, like yeah, this stuff. Yes, yeah, but my point was all of, <laughs> all of those guys are going to be taking points off each other in te- in the tech disciplines, in the slaloms and the GSs. Whereas, you know, there's nobody battling Kilda for the overall on the on the speed side, is there?
1: Well, Automat.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> but do you know, know. what do you yeah, well, he's pushing yeah. into, into speed, but that, loads of them are now pushing. No, speed. I agree with you. It's, it's tough. It's going to be well, it's
2: gonna All be the really downhills bad. get cancelled anyway. don't I? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ben's, Ben's
1: forecast a frosty winter. <laughs> Next year is four, four downhills and three super cheese and the rest, like all techie. <laughs> 20, 25 <laughs> slaloms. <laughs> so, yeah, they literally, I, I looked at the calendar, they have 11 slaloms, eight super cheese, two super combines, two parallels, and I didn't look at the speed races, but probably not as many.
0: Yeah, well, probably not as many. There definitely aren't as many um we'll tackle this we'll tackle this next week on the pod but it is a joke that the amount of tech races versus speed races fizz need to come up i think they should come up with some sort of points average system so that you know a win in a win in like slalom is worth 100 points but a win in a speed that you you have seven versus 11 opportunities like you get more points for your overall for your win so that so it's par- so it's comparable yeah, or just or just the maximum you can get for the season is a thousand
2: points in each discipline, and then just average. So, if races yeah. get cancelled, you just get averaged across the events. But it's not, I'm sure it's not that simple. But that would that's, I've said that I think each season we've done this podcast, I think I've said that. Um, yeah,
0: I, that's and a I, good don't, idea. I don't understand that's why you don't do it. What's wrong with
2: that? I mean, as long as you don't mess with the race's prize money, I presume. They won't care. No. If, if well, it's making it more fair, obviously, the tech skips. But that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: Marcel, I mean, you like it. You like it tech heavy.
1: No, that's not true. I, I love, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy downhill and super cheap. I think, I, I think there is a bit of a disbalance. And I mean, like, having like two parallel events is probably a bit useless as well. But see, I like super combined. I, I do, they do like, like, like downhill combines. parallels.
0: I like super combines too. I think I think they should.
1: Well, the speed skiers they they can still they get some decent points in super combines. That's for sure. Maybe not winning, but some good points. But they should have some more speed races. And okay. I actually think, Ben, I think you should bring that idea forward. Like, two fists. like I'm not even joking. I think that's a great idea. I mean, that's that would be fair. Well,
0: it's got the has got the contacts. It's got the main man. We'll, we'll get we'll get Valdner back on. You you can put it to him. Let's go, hey, mom do this
2: i mean it, but, ma- it makes sense
0: and, and the, and president, the, the FIS president role is is up for grabs so you could you know make a late bid
2: who's going to, is
0: going to be that one that's going to be tricky <laughs> be over overall points consultant i'm going to have so many
2: consultant roles i don't need to be the director stat of this
0: that man, <laughs> man weatherman and then the fizz points man see you you have so many and you don't want to give anything away that's actually not fair either <laughs> selfish greedy in fact <laughs> so you get to the top uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but
2: yeah so um, I mean should we get out to slot um, yeah. it was it was I mean it was good like it was obviously a little bit sad with Grand retiring but the the racing was good and I feel like all of the races were a little bit I don't know how you guys felt watching them there was hardly any time where you got a really good view of what was going on it was always kind of quite dull lit um and because they were trying to put so many races on the pieces crossing over each other, the, the cameras that a lot of the time were quite far away. So you weren't particularly like tight in on any shots. You couldn't really see the snow conditions, So it, it was a bit of a kind of frustrating end, but um, I, I I still enjoyed the, the competitiveness of it. Um, and I don't know, I, I was a bit, I was a bit deflated uh, on certainly when, like Dave had his, his second run. I was getting all hyped up for him to do a, a monster charge, and I don't know. Just feel like he didn't quite have any 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 juice in his skiing this weekend. or this,
0: you know. What, I kind yesterday. of feel like the season's been, you know, that all those slaloms in January, where they were cool for us as fans to watch. I think, like on the, uh, no disrespect, but on the older bodies, like you just don't get a chance to recover as quickly. So then, have you heard that Dave? He just calls you old. I mean, have you seen the guy? i saw him standing on a world cup podium yeah i know it's pretty pretty impressive um but but i no i think that's i honestly think that's a you know there's not a lot of time to recover and on and that's not a joke like on older on an older body you need to be able to recover and if you're racing with seven slaloms in 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 a month in january like i know that you get a break afterwards but once you start picking up a niggle and you don't get a chance to recover it and you have to race with an eagle like it, it can linger and I think it has lingered Um, so yeah but um yeah I know what you mean with Dave's second run <laughs> I was ready for a classic Dave Riding second run charge but never came
1: yeah but he still I mean he had his back problems and he still had
0: a, a podium this year I think he, yeah it's wicked and, and 14th he picked up World Cup startless points which are important
1: yeah that's true he's going to He's keeping his number now, which is obviously very important for next year.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, on, a, on a British perspective, quick shout out to Billy Major, picking up the, the Europa Cup Tour title, not just a win. He won the whole season uh, for the Europa Cup Tour. So that in itself, that creates a, another spot, for which is only important to Brits. But it's important for the Brits because that means that we now have three World Cup starts starting spots, which we had originally at the start of last season, then we lost them because Laurie Taylor World Cup points from the previous year had run out in terms of opening us a start spot. So um, again, just that, and, and Laurie skied really well, but he's we've seen that on World Cup, the consistency hasn't quite been there. And it's sort of that similar vein has transferred into the Europa Cup tour for him, unable to get the consistency. But that, Marcel, again, as you and I well know, that Europa Cup tours are, Properly, properly tough, and that is a big that is a big achievement to pick up a globe. I mean, my co- my coach always said like it's the toughest tour because
1: everyone is so bunched up, that's close together, that it's really hard to win, and you always have to go full force. Like in the World Cup, the really good guys they don't have to always go full because they can just well, <laughs> they're just better than the rest. I would call it that way. And in, in European Cup, everyone is so close together, and I think it's massive. For British ski racing for Billy Major to get that overall title I mean that's huge like I think people underestimate what it means it's it's first and foremost for his confidence but also like Austrians are struggling to get that title like that's a big thing and I think the British ski racing is on the right path I mean they all they've really really done well this year I think they should be very happy and very confident for the next
0: year that was good. It was good. Uh, gentlemen, you got anything to add before we leave the analysis for this week? I mean,
2: do we need to have our picks for Solden? Pintero,
0: mm. <laughs> uh, well, oh, Pintero, Pinter yeah, right there <laughs> He's picked Pintero. If, and if ben, she doesn't retire, Tessa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, Wally's still in, Ben, so you've picked her. Um, uh, no, nothing more to say, mate. Uh, Well, next week we are, we'll be back. You you can't get rid of us just yet. We'll be back to look over the season as a whole, talk through some highs and lows, as well as, um, I don't know, find out what we're going to do over the summer. (laughs) Who knows? Right, gentlemen, thank you again. And until next week, bye for now.